It's June 30th, and that means it's the final day in our fiscal year. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Today, and just before we start the program, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for everyone who's given to help us keep sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you haven't given yet, we could really use your help to reach our financial goal by midnight. Your gift is not only tax-deductible, it'll have kingdom impact for your Savior. So pray about how much you can still send, 50, 500, maybe even 15,000. Every gift will be used to help share the great story that's all about Jesus. You can call us at 800-65-HAVEN or go to haventoday.org. And now let's start the program. The 50-yard line. That's the best seat in the house. But the middle of a football field has never been in the news quite like this. The Supreme Court sided with a high school football coach who prayed at midfield. Joseph Kennedy is a former public high school football coach across the water from Seattle in Washington. He made the news when he was fired by the school. Kennedy would pray at midfield after games. The school district said players felt pressure to join him. But the highest court in the United States disagreed. By a 6-3 majority, the Supreme Court ruled that such prayers are private speech, protected by the U.S. Constitution. They rejected the school district's argument that Kennedy was acting as a public employee while praying at midfield. No matter what happens from here on out, Christians can know that our Heavenly Father hears our prayers. And that's because of Jesus Christ, the Savior of unlikely converts. Welcome to Haven Today, here on the final day of June. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And all this week, we've been in a series called Unlikely Conversions. Tole lege. You ever heard those words? It's Latin. And it simply means take up and read. And these words were used in the life of a man who wanted nothing to do with the Bible. But God had other plans for this unlikely convert, St. Augustine. Today we're going to see how reading is often used by God to bring someone to faith. It happened in Augustine's life. It also happened in the Ethiopian eunuch's life. He was struggling to figure out the words of Isaiah and how they connected with Jesus. He was an unlikely convert as well. But the Lord sent Philip to explain God's word to him. And we'll think more about both these unlikely converts in just a moment. And speaking of unlikely converts, C.S. Lewis was an avid reader. He read everything he could get his hands on, even as he was running away from God. But God kept getting a hold of his imagination in the writings of Christian authors. He said all his books were turning against him. <laughs> uh, because he, he, you know, and then he, he, he compared that because he said uh, uh, George MacDonald had done more to me than any other writer. Of course, he had that be in his bonnet about Christianity. He was good in spite of it. Spencer, Milton, Dante had it too. Chesterton was the most sensible man alive apart from his Christianity. Mm. Uh, and, and But it, then he talks about the writers that he should be uh, uh, liking and supporting, Shaw, Wells, Gibbon, Voltaire, he called them tinny. 
Mm. Uh, they were all entertaining, he said, but they did not have the roughness and density of life. That's actor and writer Max McLean sharing how the writings of Christians had more substance than those who didn't. And I want you to see the incredible movie Max and his team have made on the life of C.S. Lewis and his conversion, called The Most Reluctant Convert, The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis. And then after this program, I want to send you this DVD for your year in support of the ministry. With our fiscal year ending at midnight, pray about how much you can send to help us reach our year-end goal. And if you'd like the DVD, let us know when you call or go online. Our number for after the program is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website, check out the movie trailer, then make your tax-deductible gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Now let's get the program started with music by Mark Harris. The Word of God is sharper than a sword, it pierces through the soul. A spear before the Lord. It calls us to the cross. It points us to His will. It searches us and knows us. It takes us deeper still. I read it and it reads me. I speak it and it speaks through me.
This is Haven Today and a program called Unlikely Conversions. I'm Charles Morris, and that was Word of God, sung for us by Mark Harris. And when we opened our time together today, I mentioned St. Augustine. And in 386 AD, he had a very unlikely conversion. His mother, Monica, had been praying for him, as many mothers do as they watch their children going out into the world. Augustine was a promiscuous young man. He loved to party, and he had no interest in Christ, certainly no interest in Christianity. He had a mini-conversion when he gave up one kind of philosophy in exchange for another. He was an intellectual giant, but it was the small voice of a child that sparked his true conversion. He was taking a stroll one evening, perhaps thinking of his mother's prayers, when he heard a group of children singing. It was the simple words of a song that they used to teach tole lege. I mentioned this already. The words are Latin, and they simply mean take up and read. And as the story goes, at that moment, Augustine decided to take up the Bible and begin to read. And when he did, Christ's love gripped his heart. He became a Christian. He went on to write classics that we still read today, City of God and Confessions being his two most famous works. But more important, the Lord has used Augustine's testimony and life to encourage many others to take up and read. Maybe you need to hear those simple words today yourself. You've been considering a return to your Bible or to church, but you just aren't quite sure. Take up and read. Let the Lord's love reach you as you reacquaint yourself with his word. This idea of taking up and reading the word goes back even further than Augustine. It goes back to one of the first conversion stories that we have in Scripture, the story of an outsider who met Christ on a road. We hear about this amazing story in Acts chapter 8. So let's listen to the story of how an Ethiopian eunuch became a follower of Christ. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaki, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit said to Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. And then Philip ran up to the chariot, and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. After the martyrdom of Stephen in Acts 7, the disciples were scattered. Some went up to Antioch, some like Philip went to Samaria, And as Philip was on the road elsewhere, he ran into this Ethiopian eunuch. He was a eunuch. That meant he was able to serve in the queen's court in Ethiopia. And it would also explain how he was reading a scroll. Not many people were literate then. Not many could read. He may have been a believer in Yahweh at this point because the gospel writer Luke tells us he went to Jerusalem to worship. This Ethiopian was a man of high status, and here he was taking up and reading the word. And Philip had this simple 
question for him. Do you understand what you're reading? That's a pretty good question to ask yourself, too. Do I truly understand what the Bible is, and how can I understand it better? The eunuch even invited Philip along to explain it, and we can invite others to help us, too. Philip agreed, and that's the next part of the story in Acts chapter 8. This is the passage of Scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself? Or is it someone else? And then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along that desert road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? So he gave orders to stop the chariot. And then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch didn't see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Who was the prophet speaking about? Was he talking about himself or was he talking about someone else? That is truly the question, isn't it? Philip used that opportunity to share Christ with an Ethiopian eunuch, starting with the prophecy in Isaiah 53. Earlier in his gospel, Luke tells us that Jesus believed all scripture pointed to him. And that's what we say always here at Haven Today. It's all about Jesus. We really believe that hope is found in Christ and that Christ can be found throughout the entire Bible. Isaiah 53 is a perfect text for this Ethiopian eunuch to read. Christ was led as a sheep to the slaughter. He was even reviled. He was treated unjustly, but he endured the cross to save his people. He went through the pain and rose again to new life. This is what the Ethiopian eunuch heard from Philip as he explained Isaiah 53. And he was born again that day. It was unlikely. He probably was a convert to Judaism, but no one expected him to take Christ back to Ethiopia with him. Yet he was met by the Lord in the face of Philip. Philip's faithfulness to speak truth to him, to preach the gospel to him, and to patiently walk alongside him as he tried to understand the scripture, all a beautiful picture for us today of what it looks like to love others and to share Christ with those we encounter. And did you notice what the Ethiopian eunuch did? As soon as he saw water, he just had to be baptized. That's a sign of belonging, isn't it? Theologians go back and forth on who should be baptized, whether children or just adults who profess faith. But one thing we can all agree on, it's a sign of belonging. And this Ethiopian was ready to belong. Baptism means you belong to the Lord, of course. But it also means you belong to the community of faith. And he wanted in. 
I wonder how many of us are that eager. You may know Christ, but do you belong to Christ? Have you received that sign of belonging like this Ethiopian eunuch did? More importantly, have you taken up and read the Bible? That's what he was doing, and the Lord met up with him. And when we do that, the Lord will meet us as well. We can be confident that he knows us, that he hears us, and that he wants to speak to us through his word. So let me join my small voice with those small children who sang to St. Augustine just before his conversion. Tole lege, take up and read, because the Lord will meet you where you are and walk with you as you walk with him by faith. Holy words, long preserved for our walk in this world. They resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words embark. Words of life, words of hope, give us strength, help us cope.
Michael W. Smith. Haven't heard that in a while. Ancient words here in this haven today. Unlikely conversions. Earlier, we heard from the actor who played the older C.S. Lewis in the new film about his conversion called The Most Reluctant Convert, the untold story of C.S. Lewis. Max McLean really becomes Lewis as you watch him on screen. But my wife and I were surprised at how well all the actors do in this movie that was shot on location in Oxford, where Lewis lived most of his life. In fact, the actor who plays Lewis as a college student and then young man, Nicholas Ralph, stars in the new BBC, All Creatures Great and Small, about a veterinary practice of James Harriet. That's the caliber of acting you'll find in this movie. And as you watch, the film pulls back the curtain to reveal Lewis's early life and his conversion to Christ. Look, I may be prepared to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I simply cannot accept his claim to be God. Oh, come on, Jack. How, how could a mere man be called a great moral teacher and say the sort of things Jesus said? Such as? That he always existed. That he will come again to judge the world? Such men are judged frauds. Lunatics. In spite of my resistance, they convince me that nothing else in all literature is just like the Gospels. Myths are like it in one way with its stories of the miraculous. History is like it in another with its attention to minute details. But nothing is simply like it. And no person is like the person depicted. I'm sure there are many people who believe themselves to be God. Our hospitals are full of them. Oh, come on, Jack, be serious. No great moral teacher has ever made that claim except Jesus, and you know it. Mm, and he went on and on and on. What do you mean? Well, claiming to forgive sins, and that he himself is the injured party in every transgression. Look, in anyone else, this would be thought silly. Suppose you told me that two of your colleagues had lost you a top professorship by telling lies about your character. Hmm? And, and I replied, freely forgive them both. Would you not think this sheer lunacy? It would be sheer lunacy. Yet, even those who opposed Jesus admitted that he expressed moral truth of depth and purity, full of wisdom and shrewdness. Wisdom and shrewdness. You make him sound like Solomon the Great. On the contrary, history repeatedly calls him humble and meek. Not that you want to notice that, of course, Jack. Humility and meekness are the last things one would ascribe to someone who makes claims worthy of being a megalomaniac. <laughs> A scene from The Most Reluctant Convert with C.S. Lewis's friends J.R.R. Tolkien and Hugo Dyson, who ultimately were used by the Lord to bring Lewis to faith in Christ. Whether you're young in your faith, have been following Christ for most of your life, or you're not even sure you even have faith, The Most Reluctant Convert was made for you. C.S. Lewis's journey to Jesus is a much-needed reminder that the gospel never stops working. Let me say it would be a great film to share with someone who's struggling with their faith. I want to send you the Most Reluctant Convert DVD for your generosity, your fiscal year-end gift to this ministry. Only hours remain. We could really use your help to make our budget goal by midnight. Whether you send $10 or $10,000, all of it will be used to further spread the gospel in a world that desperately needs it. Partner with us to share this great story of Jesus with others. You can do that by calling us right now. Don't, don't put it off. Call now at 
865 Haven. 865 Haven. We're answering the phones until midnight, no matter your time zone. You can also watch the movie trailer on our website and then make your year-end gift there that is so needed at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back again tomorrow as we start July together. And we do that in light of the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The Lord's grace comes to us in our greatest times of need. His grace is always coming to us. But the book of Hebrews telling us to make haste to come before the throne of grace, especially in times of need. The Lord Jesus is our sympathetic high priest. He knows what we go through and he sees what we suffer. The book of Hebrews is all about Jesus, our great Savior, the one who knows our hearts and patiently leads us. He sits on his throne of grace, and he calls us to join him there. And when we pray, we're entering his presence. Feel needy? Go to Christ at his throne and find the grace you need. Read the Bible daily. Visit GetAnchor.com.